Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, hey, hey. You got up there. Let me get, well, you know, I figured, let me show my range. She got your, you got your second wind, I see. (laughs) I am Tiffany. What's up, y'all? It's Mandy. And this is? Brown Ambition. Brown Ambition. Easy question. Um, I'm tired. Today was one of those days where you're like, it's, I guess, I don't know, feel like I did a whole bunch, but I don't know. I, I went to, the, I had a doctor's appointment in the morning and then I went food shopping, which I guess exhausts me. And then I thought, oh, I didn't go to the gym because I had a doctor's appointment. I'll walk to my meeting. I had a meeting, like it was about 20 minutes away walking. So I walked and let's just say it was a little bit more tiring than I anticipated. <laughs> and I walked yeah, but I mean, it was it was a good thing because I, I I interviewed um, for some new staff, and um, I had an interview with like uh, Reader's Digest and and like a few other calls. But like it it just for some reason they exhausted me today. I don't know if it was the walk or what, but I am tired. It's just hump day. Yeah, um, that too. No, I feel you. At you? least the weather is getting a little bit better. I feel like yes. I can sleep through the night and not wake up like on a in a death sweat. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's always nice. That's always nice. Um, no, things are <laughs> things are good. I I feel like even though, so I, did I tell you all about my what's been happening with my my team at work? Basically, we doubled in the span of two weeks. Um, so it's been a little hectic, but I I'm feeling pretty good. I think that I've definitely learned how to manage craziness at work a lot better. Um, okay. And I'm grateful that the I had a, I did a, that, that sort of management training in last December. It's almost been a year now. And the people that I met there have been just like this phenomenal source of support. So I went out for drinks with a few of them on Monday night and it was exactly what I needed. Just like some non-friend, like non, like regular friends, non-husband, non-coworker, just like objective kind of peers to kind of talk about and, and bounce ideas off and just vent about what's happening. And it was, it was really great. It was like a, the perfect use of my time after work on Monday. And I feel like that really gave me some motivation and some energy to carry me through the yeah, rest you know of the what week. I've been, I've been trying to do, how often do you do like, you know, like face, like, um, I call it like FaceTime. So one of the things I told myself, cause I'm always like, like, I, it doesn't mean like I don't not go outside, but like I was, was only going out 
if it was like, oh, I have to go out for the budget needs oh, I'm going to go speak today or I'm taking a flight somewhere. But I wasn't spending um, as much time, FaceTime with like family and friends. So now I've got like a rule for myself where like I, I talk on the phone with my, my friends and stuff um, every day, which is good because I'm like, OK, you have to talk to at least one or two friends a day, non-work related, just to kiki, check. But like the FaceTime part was hard. And so I've been telling myself at least once a week, I have to, you know, dinner, lunch, whatever, walk in the park, but with like, you know, a friend and and get some FaceTime in, like, you know, just connecting. And so um, I'm probably going to go to a dinner tonight with my my, um, my friend Cabral. Um, but I um, I had a meeting with, it was a, an older friend of mine who I hadn't seen a while that's why I walked and I was like you know what let me go actually go see her for this meeting because this it would be nice to get some face time because it when you're an entrepreneur especially if you're in the digital space it's very easy to just be like you and your computer you know yeah I was gonna say because you work from home most of the time so uh, yeah that's a good mm-hmm. rule of thumb once a week once a week's a lot like for I mean I try and do once a month it's getting a lot harder to see friends because it's not even the distance anymore. It's the the friends who have kids. You don't really see them that often anymore, and yeah. And sometimes I'm like, oh, okay, I understand. There's a season. There's a time when you don't see each other as often as you want to. But as far as like not, so when I I kind of put them in those different buckets, like the close friends um, who I actually see more sparingly. I feel like so when I see them, I try and plan like special. Like I'm actually having my, my best, best friend who I haven't seen in a month because she's been traveling. I've been traveling. We're having a girl's night. We're going to have a sleepover. We're going to have quality, you know, time to catch up tomorrow night. And that's like a once every couple months type thing. But then when I get together with, um, people from like my industry, like my peers, I try and do that once a month. Um, because they're, they have crazy schedules. And also I like to let like enough, ex- I like to let enough days go by. So you have stuff to talk about. Do you, do you think about that? I'm like, what are we going to talk about? Let me let some life go by. <laughs> let, let me have something to, to bring to the table, you know, and it's nice to check in with them every month or so. But it, it's been, uh, honestly, it's, it's been great because what I'm finding is I'm actually meeting with friends who I don't normally see. So like my friend Joy, I, I had lunch with her like the last week or the week before or last. And I hadn't, seeing Joy in like a few years. Um, and even though Joy lives in the same city that I live in. So my regular everyday friends, like Drina is my best friend. We, we talk every day. Um, Linda is my best friend. We talk every day or every other day. And Cabrella is one of my really great friends. We talk all the time. So I've got like a core group of friends who I talk to and, and typically see more. But what I'm seeing is the FaceTime rule has created this great opportunity to like hang out with friends who I don't talk to and I never see. So it was, it was just, it's just been really nice and it's not a chore. It's just like, I'm wanting to like, you know, make um, a more, I, I hate the word balance. So I call it harmonize, like harmony over balance. So instead of trying to hold all things in equal measure, which is what balance means to me, more like, okay, how do I make sure that all things are working collectively together for the greater good of me? And so a more harmonized life. So yeah, so today was nice to get like a little harmony in. That reminded when you said <laughs> when you said wellness expert, someone had asked sent a question on a I don't have the name, but she wanted to know because before you had talked about like getting a productivity expert or productivity coach or something, and yes. it's been a while yes. since we had an update, and she wondered if you've Ooh. if you found anybody yes. or done anything to that end. I did. Her name is Danielle. Don't give me this. Her 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 company's called um, Strategic Candy, and so it was between Danielle 
and this other young woman named Rose. And I chose Danielle um, from Strategic Candy because um, she was very techy, and I am not. And I remember thinking to myself, we don't really have like a super tech brown girl on the team. And I'm so glad that I chose Danielle um, for that role because it's, as soon as Danielle came on, promptly all of our tech started falling apart. It was crazy. I was like, oh. Oh, website's not working. Great. <laughs> like, like literally everything started to crumble. Um, and Danielle, all, she came in a, a, originally to help us get more organized as a team, but she spent the first three or four months saving us because our tech started to, to break. And, you know, like through no fault of like anyone's, it was just like, oh, the rules are changing here or, or this has expired or, you know, like the websites that you're using no longer can support what you're doing. And Danielle saved us. So it took a few months to get um, our tech kind of like updated. Um, and uh, then she made a suggestion of us switching from GoDaddy, which is what we were using, to this other um, hosting um, platform called Namecheap because it was going to save us, you know, um, hundreds of hundreds of dollars a year, thousands of dollars in our in our business lifetime. And so that transition was not an easy one because we had so many domains and all this other stuff. So that took like another a couple of weeks um, before we finally made the transition. She made sure that all of our websites were, um, you know how like those, uh, uh, they made us, you change from HTTPS to H or from HTTP to HTTPS. So when you're on a website, there's like this law now where they're like, it has to be secured. So you have to get basically the S added. And, and that was a whole nother thing that I'm like, I don't know what these things mean. Um, so Danielle did so well that we, I ended up hiring her full time. I actually made her an offer today. Wait, but this doesn't uh, sound like a productivity he- expert for Tiffany. I thought that's what yeah, you were hiring. She, I was, but all of our tech fell apart and Danielle was super techie. So, but one thing she did help us with is one, she, well, I wanted a productivity coach for me, but more so for how do we manage the team better? And so, well, some of your issues are tech issues. So that, that, that's why we were struggling. So she's like, you, you don't have a product management tool. So we're, we're implementing that. She was like, the way that you guys um, handle emails is kind of janky. So she fixed that. She said, so um, the way that we handle um, 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 passwords is like causing it, it, it creates more work. So she fixed that. And so she fixed more so our systems versus like me, like personally as Tiffany. Um, and so I hired her today um, to come on as my um, executive admin because I said, okay, now that our systems are fixed, now I want you to help me, you know, um, because it took just this long to get our systems fixed. I didn't think we, I didn't realize that we had like a technical systems issue. I just thought like, oh, Tiffany, you're really disorganized. And she's like, no, you guys are not as unorganized as you think you it was more of a systems issue like you know like your your um your foundation you know like and so process. I was like oh yes exactly yeah. process issue and I said I didn't realize because like I I had built the team and the company sans tech knowledge because I didn't have it so I was like well I was building around technology because I was like, I don't know how to use that so we'll just do it like this. You know like I'll give you an example which is so terrible. Like all of our if you needed a password, we had a Google Doc with every password, of, like all hundreds of our passwords. So anybody could have hacked us and be like, oh, I own your company now. What? That's <laughs> crazy. I no. would never do that for myself. <laughs> <laughs> 
And so I was like, she was like, um, is this real life, Tiffany? This can't be. So if you, like we had like a, a Google password sheet for our finance team, our marketing team. So if you change a password on one sheet, you'd have to go to all the, everybody else's sheet and change the password. And sometimes you forget and everyone's like in Slack, like, hey, does anybody know the password for, for you know, Stripe? No, I changed it. Did you change? It was a mess. And she was, oh, okay. Yeah. So you see what I mean? So it, a, a lot of what Danielle did was like, it's almost like when you're um, renovating a house, she, she fixed our plumbing and our electrical and the things that you don't see mm-hmm. in a home. But, and so now we're running so much more smoothly. And now that that's kind of, we can kind of close up the walls. Now she's coming on board to actually help me, Tiffany. And so I, like I said, I just made her an offer today. I was like, Danielle, she's like, I know I came for this one thing, Tiffany. I'm so sorry. I'm like, no, girl. I mean, I'm so happy that you fixed our processes because we can't build on a shaky house. And so now we can, we can build from there. And so much has happened. Like, um, one of the things that we've gotten better at, like, so I have my online Academy, the literature Academy. Um, we redid one of our, our websites and our churn rate, which is the rate that people leave the Academy was got as high as 21% at one point, meaning like for every hundred people that signed up 21 canceled because we weren't as organized as we needed to be within this six month span, our train train rate went down to 6%. That's tremendous. That means instead of 21 people leaving, only six people are leaving for every hundred. That's tremendous. Like, you know, um, our, our lifetime value of, of a customer. So before somebody would join with us, the Academy is like, um, 10 bucks a month. And each person would spend about $150 with us before leaving. Now our lifetime value per customer is almost $300. So people are spending twice as long with us. And so like all of these, like the, the processes and the organization behind the scenes, I mean, it has translated into real changes and, and actual money. And as a result, I've been able to give hire two new people full time. I've been able to give raises um, because I always tell the team that like as the company does better, so should you. So, you know, Danielle being here, it's 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 been transformational in that it's not just helped me personally to have a smoother, better running like, you know, team. It means that my team can make more and I can actually hire more people. And um and it's all brown girl magic book up in here and Jabril, my, my business partner. <laughs> I always say that. I'm like, yes, brown girls and Jabril. <laughs> and Jabril. Yeah, no, so I can- the value of having an outside person come in um, and I think like consultants, you know, capital C consultants, like professional ones get a bad rap, but you don't need to have big money to ha- just have someone with, like you said, you found someone with a certain skill set or with a certain talent, just come in and like t- take a look at how you're running things and make suggestions on how to make them better. And that's something that any business manager, like whether you're an entrepreneur or you work for a company, like anybody can do that, you know, even just having someone from another department that you don't work with every day come and take a look at how you do things and then make – and like they'll point out things that you never thought of. Like, man, why are you doing this this way? Um, and that's part of the reason I love having those those peer – like those peer meetups with people I know who are working in media and other companies because I can tell them how I do things and learn how they do things and then steal ideas from them and, and try and incorporate them into what I'm doing. And it also – it's nice when they – you know, either compliment something that you're doing or they take one of your ideas. And that, that yeah. idea exchange is so, so crucial to success. Cause sometimes you're so used to walking on like a broken leg that you forget that yeah. like not everybody's limping, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. You know, so it's, yeah, it's been great. And so I'm excited for the next phase, which is now more organizing me in the way I am as a leader. So I'm excited that we finally got to like what I originally hired her for. Um, so like, 
Like I'm honestly, I really think that by this time next year, it's going to be a will be a totally different company. I'm I'm hoping to triple, if not quadruple, what we make because I want to be able to. My goal is to be able to hire everyone full time. To be able to our 2020 goal is to make the average income six figures. So we have like a, a goal sheet and a goal chart and like a, a, a specific like um, t- um, like a, a game plan of getting there um, and to be able to offer um, um, health insurance as well as retirement benefits. So that's our 2020 goal. So health insurance for retirement benefits will go into effect early next year. And um, we should be like halfway to our goal by early next year because we're we're about oh, I want to say mm, thir- 30 percent to our goal now. Um, and so this is a goal that we set forth earlier on in the year, because I, I, I feel like this, that I want to run a company and just my life in that everyone that I touch should benefit. Meaning that if, if, uh, so dream catchers, you know, y'all, you benefit because we give away financial information for free or super low cost on purpose. But the people that help make that 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 goal a reality they should benefit too they should be paid well and you know and so and any partner that i'm like hey you know i love your tool you should benefit i just feel like that i want to create a win 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 environment where everyone involved in the process everyone receiving and everyone get, giving um benefits and my team is so amazing and i i want them to say i make more than enough to support myself and my family most of them are moms with a lot of them have young kids um when I first started, like like really building my team last year, honestly, Mandy, I was paying eleven dollars an hour out of pocket. Like I, because the business wasn't making any money. Like the the budget Nista uh, was making some, but the academy wasn't making any money. It was failing, but I believed in it because I was like, no, there has to be a way to offer next level services to women, especially women of color, and not charge an arm and a leg. I refuse to to charge more than ten bucks a, um, a month. I was like, no, there has to be a way. I hadn't figured it out yet, so I was paying people from my savings account. And I was like, all I could afford was $11 an hour. And people worked for me. Like people work for me. And now those same people make five figures, you know, like a decent five figure salary within a year. And so we're, we are approaching that goal of, of six figures. And I'm just always grateful that, that people stuck with it. And th- obviously they weren't there for the money because I wasn't able to pay much. And now we pay a decent salary, but not as much as I want. And I just can't wait for the day where I'm like, I can pay a hundred thousand dollars, like on average to, to the people on my team, you know, like that would make me feel like just awesome knowing that you get to do good work, you know, you get to make good money and you, you get to help good people. And so that's my ultimate goal for, for everyone involved. If only every CEO also felt the same way about their company. Cause I think at a certain point you get to like, you know, I watch these shows on CNBC, like the profit and these experts come in and the first thing they they say it's okay. How do we reduce cost? And if that if the cost is employees, it's like okay, who we're going to cut, or you know, how can we outsource this out of the country so we can save mm-hmm. money on on headcount and stuff? And I mean, I think that that's um, extraordinary and and unique, and it's not something that all business owners um, think about, especially when you're you know most everybody is worried about the bottom line and and how to do that. Um, but that's a awesome goal. Like, how can you? run a profitable business, but also make the people who work for you profitable and successful as well. There's a great, um, uh, you know, the guy, uh, what is that? Sam Adams? Um, like the beer? Uh, yeah, the guy who, who started it, the founder, I was listening to him on an interview and that's what kind of like, um, it gave me the spark. He was like, 
I um the average worker of of his who worked for for who works for Sam Adams, I think makes like seventy five thousand dollars a year or something. Like he's like these are you know these are not like. Uh, the the jobs are not like oh CEO or you know CFO or whatever these are just regular regular people with regular jobs but the average worker makes seventy five thousand and I thought to myself and he said he did it on purpose because he came from a blue blue collar working class family and he was like I wanted to have good jobs for good people and I remember thinking like well what does that look like for you Tiffany how do I do that for your team and and so um, I'm obsessed with our numbers honestly like my CFO and I we we talk two or three times a week like I'm like the numbers, the numbers, because one of the ways you do that is that you have to figure out for your industry, what percentage of your payroll, um, what's, what's, what's safe. Like, so for, um, um, a service industry, 30% of where gross income should, can go toward payroll. That's kind of like the max. Now, if you've got like a, um, like, let's just say you have glasses, so you can't do 30% of your payroll. It might be 15% of your payroll because you have to also buy inventory for glasses, but we don't have to buy inventory. So knowing that I hover our payroll amount at about 20, 25% maximum, because what that means is that I never miss a, I, I, I have never missed a, a, a payroll, if, even if I have to pay for it out of pocket. And so I'm always very strategic in that as we grow, we're not going to go above that 20, 25% mark because that guarantees that we don't miss payroll. It guarantees that I, if I make you a promise that now you're making $50,000 a year, that I'm not overextending myself because maybe, maybe we could afford 60, but that would put us on the edge. So I'd much rather say 100% 50 than 60% 60, you know? And like, I'm, I make, that's the way I think when we're as I, as I elevate and grow businesses that I don't make a a payroll promise that we can't keep a hundred and ten percent. And two, one of the things I tell Rachel, my CFO, is I want us to have, and we have this now, a year's worth of payroll saved because I'm like the biggest worry. Wor- I remember what it felt like when my school closed and they told us three days before school was supposed to open, and meanwhile I had no money. The summertime was just wrapping up, so I had already spent all of my summertime savings, and we're supposed to start school September 3rd, and it was September 1st. And they're like, oh, yeah, so no school. And I'm like, but what what am I supposed to do about my bills? What am I supposed to do about my mortgage? It was so disruptive, and that stuck with me. And I said, I will never, ever do that to someone. So we keep a year's worth of savings. So let's just say the federal government changes the law and says, no more financial education online, or the budget needs to has a scandal, or the academy closes. I can still pay employees for a year until we figure out what to do, or until we wrap up the company and say, unfortunately, we're out of business, but you have a year to feed your families, figure out what to do, figure out if you're going to sell your house, you know, whatever it is that you're going to do. Because I said I would never put somebody else through that. But so, um, yeah, we're we're just really careful because I, I use what it, what it felt like being an employee to be like, well, how do I how do I um, um, give my employees what I needed as an employee to feel financially secure um, and safe and that's why having like the processes and the systems and all the other stuff, because I if something were to happen to me, I want to make sure that they're okay. If I'm not here anymore, we have things in place that they'll still be able to run the company and be okay with without me. It's a lot, honestly, being an entrepreneur. I just thought I was going to help people with budgets. You know, I thought I was going to come to your house and say, "Hey, Mandy, and this is how you save." <laughs> I didn't think <laughs> I didn't I didn't know it was going to be all of this, and I'm grateful for the for the ability to do this, but it's so much more than just that. It's 
the people who are involved, it's just so much more and it's fulfilling, but it's also a little scary because when I talk to Rachel on the phone and I hear her baby crying, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's not just Rachel. I, this has to work for all of us. And Tamara and her, her nine-year-old in the background, it's, it's not just, it's just not just Tamara. It's her nine-year-old. It's not just Yada Lee's. It's her, you know, a one-year-old. It's there's so many people, you know, are dependent on, on this working. And, um, so it, it's a lot of pressure, but it's also like really, like I said, a lot of fulfillment to be able to, to do this work. Yeah, don't screw it up. I know, right? I'm like, geez. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I work so hard when people are like, people get mad when they ask you to do stuff for free or they're like, Tiffany, can you do this, this, and that? And I'm like, I really can. And they're like, I thought you were for the people. I'm like, yo, I work seven days a week. I'm like, <laughs> It's, when I'm saying I can't, it's not because I'm trying to be like bougie and be like, I can't, I can't because it's like, uh, at some point I have to be a wife. Like at some point I've got to make dinner for Supergirl. <laughs> like I have to save something for like my niece, my nephew, my sisters, my cousins, my, you know, and I don't even save as much as I ought to, quite honestly. I'm, I, I'm always feeling guilty about not spending enough time on like real Tiffany life because I give so much to everybody on the outside. So yeah, it's a lot of pressure and I, I, Yo, I was like a C student. I don't know where all of this is coming from. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know well, why I like, like. It seems like, well, obviously you're learning a lot on the go. And it's not like it's your first. It's not like you just started the Budgetista yesterday. Come on. You've been doing this for a long ass time. Yeah. Um, but I also think that just the the emphasis when you're working, when you have a, a team and you're, or you're building a team on not just paying them, but then also creating a loyal team. And one way it sounds like you're doing that is by giving them like stretch, like letting them know what your vision is like for their futures and the future of the budget Nista and, and you know, and, or Tiffany Incorporated or whatever it's going to be um, and, and how they fit into that overall picture, because that's something that that's something that drives me every day at my job is not just the paycheck that I get, I mean, that's nice, but it's also the fact that I'm constantly being challenged. The fact that, um, you know, my, my, my boss and manager, um, keeps me in the loop about what's coming up, the, coming down the road and what I can expect. And that motivates me. And it's not mm -hmm. always just tied to pay. And also I think it creates loyalty, especially in this job market. Like there's articles in the paper about how some employers can't even get people to show up for interviews because mm -hmm. the job market is so good right now. People are just not showing Showing up, they can take any job they they, that they want. I mean, some places they can't even fill positions because everyone is so highly educated now, or there's just all these jobs out there. So it's 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 definitely like an employee an employees market at this point I in didn't time. Know that? Wow. Oh yeah, yeah. It seems. I mean, I don't think in all industries, but personally, I know I've struggled um, to hire editors and writers when I've had open positions because it seems like everyone and their mama is hiring a content team right now to do yeah. to writing to you know to be a writer and editor. And I've had so many headhunters reach out to me about open um, executive editor positions at other, um, at other wow. companies. And I'm like, Oh, well, I'm fine. Um, it just seems like, yeah, the, the economy is doing really well and, and people are hiring. So to retain employees, it takes so much more. I and mean, that's why you see yeah. these companies have to compete. I mean, that's why you see these companies offering crazy maternity and family leave, um, benefits now, because not because they have to, obviously they don't, cause not the federal government requires it. But as a recruitment effort, you know, conference budgets, like extra stuff, the sprinkles, yeah. the, you know, and as it, and I'm talking to anyone who's a full-time employee, I mean, I think that's, you have to look at those tangential benefits. And if you're not getting them from an employer, start looking elsewhere or start asking for them or, you know, it's, you know, if you're an employee, excuse me, if you're an employer and not 
finding other ways to add value to your employees experience. Um, you can't take for granted that they're just going to show up because they need yeah. a paycheck, you know, because they can get a paycheck anywhere and these days. Yeah. These days, wow. it's not, to, it's not 2010 anymore where everyone's just like begging for whatever. When uh, Mandy Woodruff was willing to take a $10,000 paycheck just to get any job. Um, mm. Those days are gone, at least for the time being. And uh, it's, it's super difficult to recruit as managers out there. So if you got a good loyal team, they're worth like yes, gold. There are. And honestly, our team is like magic, Mandy. Honestly, there's, I mean, there's not a day that doesn't go by that I don't shake my head and I'm not like, yo, how? Everyone is so dope. Like what I think of like Sylvia, who helps me to manage the, the Facebook group. It's 350,000 women with all these different mindsets and egos and this and that. And Sylvia manages it with like grace and poise and humor and when like uh, one time she switched positions to something else and the, and the group fell apart in like three days. And I was like, Sylvia! <laughs> <laughs> and she is just hilarious and funny. And, and somehow, because literally the face, Facebook, social media can be very a dark place. And somehow she keeps that place light. And, and when she's there, the negativity is down to next to nothing. And I'm like, wow. And, you know, I, I think about Yadalise when she came on. She was an intern. She's like 20, like 23, 24 years old. And she was like, her millennial eyes were like, why do, why do courses look like this? This is not, it's not cute. It's not, it's not easy to navigate. And she came and totally transformed the way we deliver um, some of our coursework. And it's beautiful now. And she's amazing. And I think of Rachel who like, yo, Rachel, I've got three companies that she manages the finances for and somehow keeps it all together and has every number they could ever dream of. I'm like, Rachel, what about the, on the 5th of November at 2 PM? How did we do? (laughs) And she's awesome. And then, like I said, Danielle, who I talked about, she's awesome. Karen. Oh my God. Karen is my, everybody on the team has like, um, we call ourselves a, like you have a, we have a buddy system and that everyone has someone who is their buddy who knows how to do their core deliverables just in case they're sick or just don't feel like it. So, you know, you can hit your buddy up and say, girl, can you help me today? So Karen is my buddy. And so she has to know how to do all that I know how to do, ex- except for like the financial education piece. I'm um, like standing on stage. But so Karen is like, she just started. And when I say sometimes she's more Tiffany than Tiffany, <laughs> she's amazing. And Jabril, my business partner, who I am so blessed have had, he took us from six figures to seven figures in a matter of a few years. Um, and yeah, the, the team is, is, I don't even know what I would do without them, honestly. And they work tirelessly. I mean, I'm like, you think I don't sleep. I'm like, do you guys sleep? And I don't even have a kid. I mean, I have Supergirl, but Supergirl's grown. She's like 25. I mean, she's 11, but you know, in girl, in, uh, in, in, uh, adult years, an 11 year old girl is a 25 year old man. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> and so like, yeah, no, it's just, uh, and then at the same time, you know, trying to renovate the house and. You know, we're, we're still newlyweds and, you know, all the other stuff. But, yeah, no, but I'm, that was a good – I know that was a deep dive. I didn't realize how much I did get off my chest. Sorry, guys, for the rant. No no more um, business talk for a while. <laughs> no, I think it's so insightful. And it's – for me, I mean, obviously, I knew that you have such a great mind for business, but not just business, but people first and that people first orientation. Because I work for a lot of companies and a lot of different – you know, and I've, I've seen a lot and I feel like that – I understand why they're working so hard for you because you care about them. And you're working just as hard as they are. And, you know, you have all the everything I think that people will be looking for in a like a, 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 a quick growing where you can come in on the ground floor, like be a part of something that's growing and see that growth. is so like nothing's more rewarding than that. So as long as you don't screw it up. I know. <laughs> 
I know. I'm, just I'm kidding. To- I love you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, BA fam. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. some awesome questions we do got a couple questions in the inbox all right so our first question comes from listener keisha keisha says first of all three people tiffany started their emails with so (laughs) and i feel like you're starting to have an impact on the people yo that is so terrible because that is not the way you start a sentence yeah don't start a sentence that way so Tiffany says, so, I mean, sorry, Keisha says, so I am this close to getting a student loan. I'm in graduate school and only make enough through my assistantship to cover my mortgage bills and a few expenses. I don't currently have any student loans, but I want to have a cushion and I know that I could pay off student loans when I graduate. Should I get the loan or struggle to use my credit card for the next two years until I graduate? Are there any loans with low interest for two years? Help. I just don't want to ask my mom for help. Girl. Good question. So pros and cons of taking out student loans for I know a lot of people who go to grad school or, you know, and and use student loans for living expenses, not just for, you know, to pay their tuition or whatnot. Um, but yeah, the pros and cons of doing that versus relying on credit cards. Yeah. I mean, but like she said, her she has an assistantship at, at the school. Yeah. So she's um, she's uh, obviously she's like a T.A., and she has okay. enough earnings from that assistantship position to cover her mortgage bill. So like the essentials. So she's good. It sounds like what she's looking for is a cushion. Um, okay. And she sounds pretty sure of herself that she'll be able to pay it off when she graduates. Yeah, we were all sure of ourselves. <laughs> like I think that, that like, if, I mean, well, here's the thing. I mean, if you're saying student loans versus putting everything on a credit card, that's one thing. But if you're saying student loans versus I just have to live pretty t- tight for, um, you know, two or three years, that's another thing. I, I don't want you to choose credit cards over student loans because honestly, I'm, I'm assuming the credit card interest rate is going to be higher than the student loan interest rate. You know, like if you're going to borrow anyway, I wouldn't choose the credit card, you know, but if you're saying I could do it, it would just be really tight. Honestly, like knowing what I know now, because I, I, um, I didn't, I, my, Undergrad student loans were like next to nothing. I think um, it was all said and done, maybe like 1500 I had to pay off because um, my parents paid for a lot of it. Um, but then I went on to get my, um, gra- I went to graduate school and I got like real grown woman student loans. $50,000 later, I have not, you know, I wasn't, I, well, they've now since been paid off, but I, I wasn't able to pay them off right away because the things happened in the economy that were out of my control. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, if you ask, 
absolutely cannot make it without some sort of loan, then I would look into it. But if you can, then I would try to, to not get any loan and not relying on credit cards because those, yeah, that's not a good idea either. I mean, scrimp, I would say scrimp, 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 and just, but, you know, try and last as long as you can without student loans. If you're meeting your monthly debt obligation or your monthly um, expense obligations and you have enough for food and for the essentials, then I don't think it's necessary to lean on student loans, even if you want a cushion. Um, Mm -hmm. The only, like, so let's just look at the numbers. So right now, if you were to take out unsubsidized student loan, federal student loan for grad school, the interest rate, the fixed interest rate is 6.6% for 2018-2019. Um, and that's significantly lower than credit card debt, obviously. So if you're looking like apples to apple, apples to oranges, you know, which one's a better idea? Yes, a stu- federal student loan is a low interest form of borrowing. But if you can avoid borrowing altogether, how much better is that? Yes. Dope. Um, and if you're going to borrow, I mean, if you decide to, I mean, ultimately it's your decision, but I think you're maxed out at borrowing up to what, like 20 thousand dollars per year. Um, this is just for federal loans. I mean, if you're thinking about getting a private loan, here's what I'll do not, do not, do not, do not. There are federal student loans available for grad school and you want to max out your federal aid before you even think about going to private school debt, um, first and foremost. But um, federal student loans, you should be able to get about, you could get up potentially up to $20,000 per year um, uh, for grad school, but you may not need that much. So don't take it just because you're eligible for it. Um, is what I'll say. You know, if you really only want a cushion, you only need a few months. If you're just looking for an emergency fund of some kind, um, then you may just want to think, okay, what do I need to live for a few months? And then that's the max that you borrow um, to be to uh, to be your source of emergency fund while you're in mm-hmm. school. It's only two yeah. years, you know. Yeah, yeah, because it could be a lifetime of student loans or something else. Like I, one of the things I'm, I want for for Supergirl is to to make sure she doesn't have them because it it's just this like anchor around your neck and you're not able to you're not able to sail away with with this amount of debt dragging you back and knowing what I know now I would not have one taken out as much as I did and two I would have found some alternatives before before you know going for a student loan one thing I did do Mandy though like you said is like my student loans for graduate school were were um federal student loans thank goodness like, I didn't get private student loans yeah, you know, some people just skip over federal altogether. They think, oh, I'm in grad school now, you know, new rules apply, and I got to go to the bank on the street to like Wells Fargo or whatever and just take out a private loan. And of course, these banks aren't going to be like, oh, you know, you're eligible for all this federal student loan, um, you know, money. Instead, of course not. They're just going to take your money and laugh all the way to the bank. And of course, they'll have higher interest rates than what you can find through federal loans. But, um, Definitely, and you have to fill out the FAFSA to see if you're eligible. Um, the same way you did an un- the same way you might have done an undergrad to see um, how much federal uh, aid, which includes federal loans, you may qualify for. And I don't, I can't, I don't know this. I'm not an expert in this, but the FAFSA is also a way to see if you're eligible for federal grants um, or other sort of aid options that um, maybe offer maybe possible for you to take advantage of that may help you the same way that you're looking for a loan to help you um, with extra expenses. So it may be worth just filling out the FAFSA to see what types of aid you qualify for um, in addition to, to you know, traditional student loan aid. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and yeah, I struggling for a little bit so you can soar for a lot, is it's worth it. I thank God for the days I struggled, man just making my $7 an hour at Kohl's. I didn't know any better, but I'm glad I didn't know any better. 
because that's the reason I only graduated with seven thousand dollars in debt. That's it. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes ignorance truly is bliss. <laughs> I know. Okay, let's do one more question real quick. So this comes from um, an anonymous listener. She says, I love both of your your ladies' advice. I've been using it and it works. Thank you. <laughs> she says, okay, I only have one um, one debt right now, and that's a Discover card, Discovered credit card with a $12,000 limit. I owe $11,000. Number one, I was wondering if I should use my visa that has a $2,000 limit with no fee to do a balance transfer and transfer some of um, my Discover card debt onto that card. Number two, Discover has a plan where for a year, for no fee and no interest, I can pay as much as possible in that year on my card. The only thing is that for that year, I can't use the card and I can only do this maybe once every other year. Which is the best option? I want to do the right thing and get much and get as much paid off this Discover card as I can in a year. So she's almost maxed out this Discover card and she's wondering if she should try and do a balance transfer with this little Visa card that she has with $2,000 limit um, mm-hmm. and then enroll in this Discover. This is a interesting – and I mean, I don't, I've never heard of this Discover plan. but the Me fact, either. If they're seriously going to give you a year to pay off your card with no interest, so long, all you have incredible. to do is agree not to spend any money on it, yes, do that. <laughs> I'll take that for uh, – 11,000, Alex? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I need to look into this program because that's pretty fantastic. Yeah, I would go it with is. that and I would, I would pay it down as fast as humanly possible because you're like maxing it out. That's that's no bueno. That's really dragging down your credit score, especially okay. if it's one of the only um, credit cards that you have. Because 30% of your credit score is your utilization. Like how much of your credit allotted to you are you actually using? That's one, almost one third of your score. Mm-hmm. And so, no, I think because basically what you're, it, it's almost like Discover is, is like doing a, what the balance transfer card is going to do without the balance transfer, which is the opportunity to pay down your debt without, the, without interest. So you, there's no need to make that transfer, especially since the transfer would only be because what are you going to transfer two thousand and then be maxed out on the second card, you know? So if Discover has that, go for it. And then it's actually a really good thing that they're like, and you can't use the card. Uh, that's excellent. Put that card up, cut it up, and just focus on paying it off. I, I remember I literally at one point. Have you ever done this, Mandy? When you're like, you have to really take a look at yourself in the mirror, and you're like, what are you doing? And you just have to cut your card up. I was like, what are we doing, Tiffany? So are, like, wh- you are in a ditch. You have the shovel in your hand. And you're still digging. So I finally had to put my shovel down, which is my credit card. And I honestly, I put it away. And for like six months to almost a year, I, I didn't use any credit because I was trying to dig my way out of debt while still digging my way into a hole. And so there's nothing wrong with saying I'm going to put the shovel down. All right. Well, thank you guys for your questions. Again, you can hit us up at brownambitionpodcast.com. Nope. Okay. And leave us. (laughs) (laughs) Click click ask us anything. Come on. Come on. Come on. So easy. Click ask us anything on the website to shoot us a note or you can hit us up directly at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. There you go. Oh, a little half-hearted. But uh, it's okay. You got it in the end. Um, and if you, what I'll say is if you want to be anonymous, please let me know. Put it in big, bold font so I don't put you on blast on the podcast. I try not to do that. Um, so let me know if you want to remain anonymous. That's perfectly fine. And uh, that's how you reach us. Yes. I cannot wait. Oh, so really quickly, um, because I don't want you guys to miss out, um, because by the time it comes out. So one of the things we're doing with the, the, the um, Literature Academy 
totally revamped it because the teacher and me was like, this is not as easy to use as it could be. So we totally revamped it. Um, we didn't raise the price or anything. I just wanted it to be better. Um, and so what we're doing is, in, in like as a special like, hey, yay, we revamped it to make it better. Um, we're for, for new students, if you sign up and you join us, um, it is, uh, we're giving you the first month free just to basically to try it out, see if you like it. Um, and then, you know, because like I said, it's my mission to to take us from the budgeting and savings to really the next level. Um, and the only thing is that it's only free until for like, uh, I think you only have the opportunity to like Sunday or Saturday or something. So I just wanted to share that. So if you're wanting to learn more, you can go to join LRA for literature com. That's join LRA.com. And um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't hurt. You try it for free. You don't like it. Then you can leave us. <laughs> no shade. Okay. I'm going to put a link to that in the, show notes for you guys okay. wanting to to sign up that's dope yeah you know we're always out here trying to change this world <laughs> the bigger pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment we're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets, On the Market, Rookie Real Estate, or Money Podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets Podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. <laughs>